0: When Sheena was 11, she learned the power of positive thinking.
1: Guess what? Thinking positive works. Because yesterday, when it was my first swimming lesson for AquaQuest 11, someone threw up in the pool. (laughs) I was so happy. I started thinking positive today, and someone pooed in the pool. (laughs) So always think positive, (laughs) exclamation mark.
0: That's Sheena reading from the diary she kept in grade six. And this? This is it. This is grownups read things they wrote as kids. Welcome, hello. I'm Dan Meisner, and Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids is exactly what it sounds like. Brave adults live on stage reading diaries, poetry, short stories, and other amazing finds from their past. This time, recorded live at the Gladstone Hotel in Toronto, we have letters to the Tooth Fairy, a pair of stolen baseball tickets, and advice on keeping and losing your virginity. This stuff is weird and wonderful, and it can shed a little light on why we turned out this way. So think about who you were when you were a kid, and stick around. When Fabiola was 13, she created a list of rules for herself when it came to boys. Rules like...
2: Keep control. Don't ever give him the upper hand. Dot, (laughs) dot, dot. Ever.
0: Or this one.
2: The tables can turn. Plans backfire.
0: So Fabiola had this list of rules, and they served her well, because a year later, when she was 14, Fabiola's rules were put to the test, as we will hear in her grade 9 diary. Now, a quick heads up, there's nothing explicit in this entry, but Fabiola does acknowledge the existence of sex. Okay, there's your heads up. Here's Fabiola.
2: March 29th, 2000. Okay, so me and Elle have been going for about a month and two days. We've done a bit, not so much, but it's kind of like, enough. (laughs) What? Well, I made out with him and Frenched him and stuff, but it's starting to push it. He brought up sex. I never thought I would actually have to deal with this pressure elementary school relationships were so less complicated I'm proud of myself I handled it well demanding respect that's in highlighter I told him I was going to make a solid effort to remain a virgin till I was married a solid effort <laughs> Jay's brother S was trying to convince me that L should be my first. I asked him if he had a sister or female cousin. He said, yes. I told him, what would you do to a guy trying to seduce her? He said, I'd snap his neck. (laughs) Then I said, I'm someone's sister. (laughs) Someone's cousin. (laughs) Someone's daughter. Someone's child. (laughs) Sex has risks. If I were to get pregnant, I would be responsible for another life. My life would be so much harder, and I'm not emotionally ready to have sex." He goes, "'Don't you love Elle?' I told him, "'Love Waits.'" (laughs) If he really loved me, he would respect the fact that I wasn't ready. He told me not to be scared. I wouldn't get pregnant because Elle would use a condom spelled wrong. I told him condoms were never 100% safe, and if I had a baby, L would be responsible to pay child support when he can't even buy me dinner. (laughs) He goes, L would stick by you. I laughed so hard. (laughs) Then I said, when it comes to sex, your boyfriend goes on about how he's a man, underlined. But when he gets the girl pregnant, he goes on how he's just a child. Then S was quiet. He told me I was very mature and intelligent. He told me it was good that I wanted respect. He said that he thought he would see that L's girl was a bimbo and fun to play around with. He also told me, but now I know that you're a keeper. I would love it if I had a sister exactly like you. (laughs) I want my baby sister to grow up and be able to handle herself like you. L apologized to me for S's rudeness. I told L, I'm going to tell you now because our relationship is still young. And then I switched from cursive to print for some reason. <laughs> I do not plan to have sex at this age. If you expect it from me and you feel you need it, I'm not the right girl for you. Date someone else if that's what you're after. Elle said he completely respects my... abstinence.
3: <laughs>
2: I did spell it wrong. I hope he means that.
0: One more time for Fabiola. So at the same age Fabiola was making a solid effort to keep her virginity, our next reader, Josh, spent most of his teenage years trying to lose his virginity. Josh is going to read three short journal entries that chart his progress with women, written at the ages 13, 18, and 19. We're gonna
4: get a story here. Please welcome to our stage, Josh. So this is the first entry, and this one, you know, I haven't even kissed a girl. I'm just being a little philosophical in my bedroom about marriage. <laughs> I can't imagine having so much to say to one person <laughs> that I need to be <laughs> that I need to be married to them the rest of my life to say it. <laughs> I saw Goodwill Hunting <laughs> and, and Robin Williams <laughs> said that you enjoy the little things in a marriage like your wife farting. <laughs> Well, I plan on farting a lot. (laughs) So I guess I'm gonna be really good with women. (laughs) All right, now I'm a little older. I'm a little wiser in this one. Still have not had um, sex, if you will. And this is bothering me. Let's talk about sex. I haven't had it. (laughs) There has been no coitus. (laughs) Although I am a very willing participant. (laughs) This is very hard for me to write about. Partly because if this diary was ever seen by anyone else, (laughs) the embarrassment would be unparalleled. But mostly, it's because as I write this, and as I see these letters forming under my pen, I feel like these words are mocking me. (laughs) 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 To tell myself the truth, I think, yes, I am ready for it. (laughs) I have matured, and I start to talk myself up, I have matured in leaps and bounds lately. and my my good looks are enhancing. (laughs) Yet, no sex. (laughs) Come to think of it, I can't think of anyone that I've met yet who I'd want to have sex with, so I guess I'll just have to wait, and then I put in brackets, not like I have a choice, right? All right. Now, a few months later, I'm getting closer. (laughs) I'm very close. But I start off. Maturity is both a curse and a blessing. (laughs) It allows me to reach new heights, yes. (laughs) But at the same time, it has opened up chambers in my heart. These chambers were temporarily filled all too briefly, by Shosh. The plan was for her to sleep at my house one night while she was visiting friends. Little did we know, or maybe that we did know, that she would not be getting much sleep. (laughs) (laughs) I already had fond memories of us flirting the day before. And that night, well, that fed the backdrop of my imagination. <laughs> Things have been unfolding nicely. I met her at the movie theater with her friends, and we sat next to each other. I leaned in. And it's like a play-by-play. <laughs> she leaned in. <laughs> she put her arm on my, on my um, leg. And I don't know how I got the courage, but I put my hand on her arm so she couldn't get away. (laughs) 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 So the movie ends, (laughs) and then we said goodbye, but as she leaned in, she gave me a kiss on the cheek. (laughs) Tomorrow I'll write about what happened the next day. P.S. In case you forget in the future, it gets really good.
0: (laughs) One of the things I've noticed about kid writing is how it can turn on a dime. One day we're in love, the next day we are full of hate, we go from silly to serious, from the ridiculous to the sublime, and this often happens within the very same piece of writing. When Carly was in grade six, she was, in her own words, boy-obsessed and overweight, and she wrote about both of those things in her journal.
5: So it flips sometimes very dramatically, from being like super happy to being very sad, so just Bear that in mind. Um, Okay. January 6, 2001. Sorry about the date. I have so much to write, but the thing that I've been longing to tell you is the mall thing. It was a Thursday or a Wednesday night. I met up with four of my friends, Jolena, Laura, Lisa, and Justin, and we were having a great time until we passed a shop in the middle of the mall. Here's what happened. We walked past the shop in a line, starting on the right from Laura, Lisa, me, Jolena, then Justin in front. Well, Laura picked up a calendar and said to all of us, hey, Carly, look at this, this is for you. So I thought it was going to be dolphins and whales, but nope, it was pigs. I was so scared to say anything. I looked around at the group. Laura and Jolena were laughing. Lisa was quiet and Justin said, that was really mean. That was really, really mean. So guess what, I never talked to her that night, and that was that. I told her to stop, but she wouldn't. Oh well, write you, lata, L-A-T-A. Okay, so Wednesday, February 14th, 2001. Dear diary, I love Mike. I love Mike. Gem Mike. (laughs) I like Mike. I like not love Mike. I like, which I triple underlined, Mike, happy Valentine's Day. Okay, Saturday, March 24th, 2001. So yesterday was a lot of fun. Jolena and Lisa came over. Actually, we went rollerblading first. Well, you should have seen them tickle each other. It was so funny. But there's a downside. (laughs) I also found out that Ellison and Justin called me a fat bitch. Now, if I dare find out who it was, oh my God, let me tell you, it won't be easy to forgive them. I just can't take it anymore. I've been named and called too many things. I've had enough. I'm just thinking, what if it was Justin or Ellison? I can't believe that no one would tell me before. Then I could have straightened it out right then and there. At least Jolena told me. I made up my mind, I don't like anyone anymore. Guys are just a huge waste of time. Good night. Okay. May 2nd, 2001. Dear Diary, boys, hot, great, cute, sexy, looks, personality, smell? (laughs) Smell? I like Justin, Jason, Mike, and if I've got a penny for every wish that I've made, there could be a swimming pool of money. That is how many wishes. I want a boyfriend so badly. I know, it's so sad. Mmm, grape. (laughs) Okay, <laughs> May fifteenth, two 2001, today was okay, just Jason hasn't emailed me back yet, Keyword in that sentence, yet, oh well, I think Jason hates me, he probably thinks I'm fat, everyone knows that I'm fat, but they just won't say it to my face, I know I'm fat because I weigh 200 pounds, yes, I'm 200 kilograms, I don't know why, <laughs> Got a little confused. <laughs> I don't know why. Anyone can even look at me. That's crazy. Over the summer, I'm going to jog, which I probably never did, um, walk, and exercises. <laughs> I do think that this summer I will lose the weight, and I hope that it will happen. I think that I'm fat and I think I scared Brittany or she made me bad at me for saying that I wanted to kill myself. Sorry, this also it takes like a deep dark turn. <laughs> um, I've thought my life over and over that I shouldn't be like that and at least not at my age. I hope she does talk to me tomorrow. She's really nice, but a lot of people think otherwise. God, Allison won't stop crying over her math. Shut up, Allie. Better go to bed and dream about Jason, Marcus, and Justin. I honestly don't remember any of these people, but okay. July 14, 2001. Dear Journal, hot guys. Cool. (laughs) Hot guys. Cool. Cool. Nice-looking guys, nice-assed guys. (laughs) Today, up at Jen's cottage up in Cayuga, their trailer is across from the pool. Okay, you're probably thinking, what is the big freaking deal? (laughs) Nick works there. He's really nice. I think he's 13 or 14 years old, and he is so hot. So guess who wants to go back to Jen's cottage very 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 <laughs> very 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 soon? Me. <laughs>
0: After the show, Carly called in to talk about writing those journal entries and what she makes of them now.
6: I spent a lot of time looking over those diary entries, and it strikes me how unsure I was of myself and my body and how unsure I was about people liking me. Um, I somehow thought that having people like me uh, would somehow validate my existence. Um, when I wrote about my feelings and a very hurtful experience, I self-centered. I remember feeling really sad and terrible and having an intense hate for my body, but I couldn't express it without agreeing with people um, about what they said about me and trying desperately to change my body to fit what people wanted me to be like. Um, I still feel a pain of heart when I read some of these entries because I just wanted to fit in. If I could go back and talk to my sixth grade version of myself, Um, I would tell Carly that uh, loving herself should be her focus. And when you love yourself, you can achieve great things. When you stop hating your body and stop worrying about what other people um, think and how they treat you, you clear up a lot of space in your life for um, a lot more productive things. And surround yourself with people that love you for who you are because you will find them.
0: Sometimes a piece of childhood writing can take you right back to when you wrote it. Almost like time travel. You have this moment like, oh, I remember that. But other times, you can read this stuff and have absolutely no memory whatsoever of writing it. And that can be an uncanny thing. To hold something in your hand that you know you wrote, but to have it feel so distant. For instance... Take our next reader, Mark, who brought along a series of journal entries from grade three, many of which he does not recall writing. Here's Mark. All right.
7: This is Tuesday, September 7th, 1993. On Sunday, I am going to the Sky Dome to see the Toronto Blue Jays and the California Angels. And of course, I hope the Jays win. And now the follow-up entry to that. Monday, September 13th, 1993. Yesterday, my dad got tickets from a friend at his work, and they were stolen tickets. (laughs) Someone in Niagara Falls broke a car window and took the tickets. And so someone had the exact same tickets, so they sat in our seats and we put the story straight to the police. And my dad said that we had to go home. But the police had some empty seats for us. So we took the seats and the J's won, 4-1 J's. The end. All right, this next entry is called, it's just like about being charitable, all right? Friday, April 15th, 1994. On Sunday at 10.30, the walkathon thon will be going on. It's the MS walkathon. thon I don't quite know if I'm going the whole way. And I'm not just going for the walk and help MS, but I'm also going for the food. And then dot, 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 joking. The end. All right. All right next entry is about family. Wednesday, April 20th, 1994. Yesterday I went to get a haircut. Then I got rollerblades. They're called ultra wheels. And yesterday I made a poster and a slogan, but I couldn't give it to my mom because she quit her job so she couldn't hang it up at her store. And my dad couldn't hang the picture in his work because they'd just rip it down a few hours later. (laughs) The end. All right. Friday, April 22nd, 1994. Today, it is blue and green day. I wore blue because I only had blue clothes out for the morning. The end. All right. Okay, and this is the last one. And uh, when I read this, uh, I was very thrown off because I don't remember this And it's strange. At this point, I'm nine years old. I can't believe I wrote this and that this happened. This is a story about sharing food. Monday, April 25th, 1994. Today, Paul's got a code to get a snack. It is, John Candy and Elvis Presley are dead. For saying it, you get cheesy sticks, mini shreddies... Or Little Crackers. And all those snacks are mixed up in a bag. And they're called Bits and Bites. The end. And then... Thanks, everybody. And I just want to share that there's an actual cartoon that I drew. And it's me talking to Paul. And I'm writing... I I say here, there's a speech bubble. Elvis and John are dead. (laughs) And Paul is handing me a bag of candy.
0: One of my all-time favorite genres of kid writing is correspondence. Letters from camp, notes passed in class, apology letters, that kind of thing. And our next reader brought along a handful of letters written at age six, each one addressed to the Tooth Fairy. Here's Larissa.
3: Dear Tooth Fairy, I'm sorry I swallowed my tooth. (laughs) I'll catch my tooth next time. Is it all right? Will you be mad? Love, Larissa. January 14th. Dear Tooth Fairy, what is your name? How do you get <laughs> How do you get to so many people a day? Yeah. I don't think you will answer these questions, will you? Best wishes, Larissa. <laughs> September 2nd. Dear Rose the Tooth Fairy, so she did tell me her name. Um, <laughs> I have waited a long time to write to you again. This is the first time I've ever pulled out my own tooth on purpose. <laughs> Love, Larissa. P.S. Good luck on the rest of the teeth. (laughs) Uh, The last two letters I'm going to read, they're actually about the same tooth uh, because I lost my tooth while I was alone and I neglected to tell my parents about it. (laughs) So the first one goes October 31st. Dear Rose the Tooth Fairy, what I would maybe like to have this time is $2 or a few books and a note or something else. If you give me something on my Christmas or Hanukkah list, please be sure to tell Santa Claus. I, <laughs> I like you very much. <laughs> Thank you. Love, Larissa. And then uh, November 1st. <laughs> Dear Tooth Fairy, I am very disappointed. <laughs> and mad. And sad. I did not like that you were rude and did not take my present for you or my tooth. I hope you respond and obey. (laughs) Next time, can you try to do something a bit nicer? Love and best wishes, Larissa. (laughs) P.S. You are usually the best tooth fairy. I still like you.
0: I want to know how Larissa thought the Tooth Fairy and Santa Claus were going to coordinate. Like, by what mechanism was that going to happen? A couple of years ago, I read about this study done by a group of psychologists all about what they called the end of history illusion, which is the human tendency to underestimate how much we will change in the future. When we look back at our younger selves, it's easy to feel a little bit embarrassed. But what we fail to realize, these researchers said, is that future versions of ourselves are going to look back at who we are today, right now, and feel exactly the same way. At every age, we think we're having the last laugh, one of the researchers said. And at every age, we're wrong. Take, for instance, our next reader, Rachel. Today, she's in her 20s and at our Toronto show she read from the diary she kept when she was 13 which includes entries about an even earlier journal here's Rachel
1: June 1st 2006 I just found my journal from when I was 11 and when Angela from soccer was still my utter role model and god <laughs> Inside the book was a want list I wanted black and pink fat farms a turtle shirt and a maple leaf beanbag for my room I roll <laughs> I just hope like hell I don't look back on this journal later and say, God, why did I like blank? Why did I have a crush on blank? Why the hell did blank and I hang out? The answers to the blanks are Weezer, cute Lucas from jazz school, and Anna Chuchkova, who kicks me when she wears Chuck Taylors and my legs are all bruised. Boo. Actually, I kind of like looking over old stuff. I'll probably look at this when I'm like 20 and laugh. It all seems so serious, and it seems like this is the real me, but I know it is too early to tell. (laughs) Most importantly, I don't want to have a boyfriend until I meet someone who's not impossible to have a conversation with and isn't a pervert. (laughs) I hope this will happen in grade 10. June 5th, 2006. Dear future Rachel, when you dig up this book in the future, I hope you have a semi-mature boyfriend and you no longer have this crappy handwriting. Also, I hope you're listening to good music and that follow up boy no longer exists. Okay, so now that that's over with, I love John Cusack. <laughs> Yummy! Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. I like 30-something guys, which is definitely a weird thing. It makes me no fun at sleepovers. Some girls will say, Oh my God, I love Adam Brody. And I'm all, I love Jason Bateman. (laughs) Whatever. It makes me different. I like being different and having different tastes than most 13 year old girls. It's fun to freak out people once in a while. (laughs) However, I don't think I have a stereotype. I'm not an emo, a goth, a prep or a jock. If anything, I'm a nerd. Oh God, I'm a nerd. June 8th, 2006. I think I have a crush on Evan, even though he's totally a psycho. I like his eyes. June 9th, 2006. I hope my swim teachers don't lose my Elvis Costello CD or I'll have to murder them. We're doing a unit on synchronized swimming and everyone picked their groups already, so I'm doing it on my own. On another note, I just used Mom's razor again and I just spent 20 minutes rubbing my legs. I need a life. No one can know this. (laughs) June 11th, 2006. The final entry. I can't wait until guys stop lighting farts, so to speak. I feel way too mature for my age. I'm always the responsible one, making plans, etc. I'm sure there's gotta be someone at Northern Secondary for me next year when I get there. There's gotta be one guy who's my type. Wait, what is my type? Weirdo in Weezer glasses? Pretty much.
0: The winner for the gold medal in solo synchronized swimming is Rachel. That is Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids. Our show was recorded live at the Gladstone Hotel in Toronto and produced by Jenna Meisner. Our music is by Poddington Bear. Halifax, Charlottetown, St. John's, we are headed your way. And Winnipeg, Edmonton, Calgary, and Yellowknife, we're about to announce shows very soon. If you want a heads up about tickets or find out how to read Join our email newsletter. Just visit or they wrote kids.com or even easier, follow the link in the show notes to this episode. It's right there on your device. I'm Dan Meisner. Thanks for listening.